Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. You can listen to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. It is 6.07 on this Friday evening. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat continues, brought to you by... Budweiser, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. South Bend Cubs baseball begins at 6.45 in about 38 minutes here on WSBT Radio. One of the voices of the South Bend Cubs, not at Four Winds Field today. He is at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, where the Indianapolis 500 takes place on Sunday. It was Carb Day today at the old 500, and Brendan King, nice enough to join us for a couple of moments. He's been working on the radio and WIBC down in Indy for Carb Day, and now he joins us for a little racing and baseball talk. Does it get any better than that? Man, uh, this is one of the most fun stretches of the year, DP. I'll tell you, it's uh, first of all, I'm very gracious to the great Chris Hagstrom and the South Bend Cubs for allowing me to come back to Indy for this weekend but also I mean uh, you know this is where the off-season gig that I have in Indy with as you said WIBC and the fan I mean they're gracious enough to have me back and let me do some radio so this is one of the most uh, busiest weeks of the year for sure doing the games uh, the weekdays in South Bend and and back down here for the weekend but it's one of the most fun weeks of the year for sure too. I was looking at the grid for the 500 on Sunday and at least based on qualifying outside of the pole setter, there's a lot of Chevrolets near the front. Is there a team or an engine that you feel like might have the advantage come Sunday? Well, I'll give you two, Darren, because as you said, the pole sitter, Alex Polo from Chip Ganassi Racing, he is the fastest pole sitter in Indy 500 history a year after his teammate Scott Dixon did the same thing. It's been back-to-back years of record-setting pole runs, which I think speaks to the strength of the engines in whatever car you see. Now, Ganassi is a Honda team. They have the defending champ in Marcus Erickson. They got the pole sitter in Polo. Uh, they got arguably the most dominant IndyCar driver of the last decade, Dixon. And then instead of Tony Kanaan, who went to Aero McLaren, that's a Chevy car. We'll talk about them in a sec. Mm-hmm. But they picked up Takuma Sato. And, of course, Sato – a two-time champ, last in 2020 when the when the speedway was empty due to COVID. Um, and, they, and Sato, he's kind of mixed around teams the last few years, but he's been one of the most consistent drivers at the speedway since you know 2012 or so. So they're a Honda engine, and they have found the speed year after year. But, Darren, I'll tell you what, Aero McLaren, um, they picked up Alexander Rossi, the 2016 champ from Andretti. Uh, they have a couple of young drivers. One name is Pato Award. The other is Felix Rosenquist. And – that's where Tony Kanaan went, one of the most beloved drivers in Speedway history. Um, and, you know, this is Kanaan's last ever run, and, and they're Chevy. So I think when you look at both sides of the spectrum, as you said, McLaren's got the power from Chevy. 
They got the experience bringing in Kanan, but man, Ganassi's young and old, uh, and they got Honda, which has been their bread and butter over the last few years. So I think both of those teams have a big, legit shot to win this race. Brandon, if the 500 people in charge could take some truce serum for a moment, and you're speaking for them, if there is a driver that could win on Sunday that would benefit the race and the series the most, who would you choose? Ooh. Well, I think I'm going to be a little bit um, personal here and go sure. Ed Carpenter because he's yeah. actually a Butler grad. And Ed, he's obviously the owner of Ed Carpenter Racing. He's been chasing the Indy 500 for nearly 20 years. Uh, this is going to be – he's in double digits with the number of starts he has. He has a great young driver that goes with him in Renus VK as well as Noblesville native Connor Daly. But, man, Ed is the guy that I think – would get the most tears out of the speedway for sure. And for good reason, because he's been chasing a dream. This is literally all he does anymore. Darren. I mean, he's a, he's an owner for 95% of the other IndyCar races. This is, this is his Super Bowl, And if he is able to come away with the win, I mean, I think about the marketing that he's an Indianapolis native. He'd be the first Indianapolis native to win it literally since the forties. I mean, that, that, that is a marketing scheme right there that would be just incredible for the Speedway as well. You know, again, personal-wise for Butler University, that'd be pretty cool too. He is Brendan King down at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway covering the 500 for WIBC and, of course, one of the voices of the South Bend Cubs. What a wacky 24, 48 hours for Graham Rahal. You know, as a kid, I loved Indy. I still love Indy, but I remember Bobby Rahal winning the 500, his dad, and Graham got knocked out of the race and qualifying by a teammate, but now he's back in due to an injury. I mean, the emotions for this poor guy, it has to have been a, a really, really rough last week. Yeah, Darren, I was there last week for qualifying too, and as you said, Jack Harvey – Ray Hall's teammate from Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing. And keep in mind, all four of the Ray Hall cars qualified 30th or worse. Mm. Um, of course, Ray Hall was bumped. And then the one that wasn't in the last row shootout got was involved in a crash on Monday with Stephen Wilson. And you alluded to it well. Graham Ray Hall gets bumped out of the race by his own teammate, Jack Harvey. And Darren, that was a really heavy moment at the Speedway because the gun went signifying the last qualifying run of the day it's jack harvey if he uh post a four lap average better than graham ray hall he's in the race if he doesn't he's out of the race simple as that well his first two laps were not enough and then somehow on the third lap harvey gets a radio from his team in the pit saying hey do this and he posts a third lap where he eclipses ray hall mm. and the four lap average ends up beating him by just about a one hundredth of a mile an hour it was that close and, you know, Ray Hall gets interviewed after he was a good sport about it. But then he starts, you know, camera goes off of him and clearly starts crying. And uh, you just felt for the guy because he's been terrific. He had a legitimate chance to win the race in 2021. Well, and then the crash happens on Monday in the last 10 minutes of practice involving mm -hmm. Stephen Wilson and Catherine Legg. And, you know, unfortunately for Stephen Wilson from Dreyer and Reinbold Racing, he fractured his 12th vertebrae mm -hmm. and needed to have surgery. That left that dryer and Reinbold racing machine driverless. And of course, like we talked about to start this conversation, Darren dryer and Reinbold is Chevy Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan racing is Honda. So Chevy and Honda come to the table, start negotiating because dryer and Reinbold wants Graham Ray Hall to replace Stephen Wilson and drive that machine on Sunday. 
Well, they come to a consensus somehow. The contract works out, and what do you know? Mm. Graham Rahal is going to start 33rd and drive that 24 car for Dreyer and Reinbold. Crazy. Mm. What is your location for the 500? I will be in the media center, Darren. Um, so I, I'm one of the studio hosts. Nice. So I'll come back and just give some updates. And Yeah, I get to be in the AC, which is good. So you're like Mike Tirico then? Uh, not as cool, but yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Brendan King, my guest from down at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Hey, got to ask you a couple of South Bend Cubs questions, if you don't mind. First off, yeah. Kate Horton, the number one pick of the Chicago Cubs out of Oklahoma, has now had three starts with the South Bend Cubs, two on the road, and then one against Dayton on this home series. What are your early thoughts? I know the numbers aren't great right now, but your early impressions of this very talented right-hander. Yeah, and, you know, Darren, you did games for a long time, and, you know, it does take some time to transition to pro ball. And, you know, Cade was terrific with Myrtle Beach before he got called up. I mean, his last his first three starts didn't give up a run in uh, you know, 10 and a third combined innings. So, you know, he came with a high pedigree for sure. That first start at Wisconsin gave up three home runs, probably left a couple balls over the plate. But again, it's, it's about the learning experience. And, you know, so you kind of got to remind yourself with this guy that he's only 21 yeah. still, even though he pitched so well against Notre Dame, obviously in the college world series. And um, he did what he did at Oklahoma, but yeah, his last start on Wednesday morning, I mean, the strikeout numbers, first of all, season high, career high, eight. Didn't walk anybody, which is awesome to see a young pitcher really able to command. He did give, gave up a couple runs, but came in the same inning. So I think Wednesday was a step in the right direction. We should be seeing a whole lot of success from Kate as we go to the summer. Is his changeup a plus pitch, a strikeout pitch? I don't know the answer to that question okay. yet. He hasn't thrown it as much as the breaking ball. But, man, that curve mm-hmm. on the 12-6 movement, he made a couple Dayton players look silly, including uh, the Dayton shortstop, Edwin Arroyo, which was one of the key pieces coming back for Luis Castillo. He's their number three prospect, and Horton struck him out twice on a couple nasty inside benders right on the hands. That was the best pitch on Wednesday for sure. Brandon, and we've talked a little bit about Kevin Alcantara, one of the top prospects in the Cubs system. Only 20 years old playing in high A baseball, so he's playing against older players right now and I know in the month of May he's hitting below 175 what is going to be the adjustment what is going what is going to allow him to take off as he continues to get more comfortable in this new league he's not seeing a lot of fastballs anymore yeah. Darren, which I think you and me <laughs> could probably both guess yeah and for good reason I, I wouldn't give him a fastball either so it, it's just a matter of getting comfortable with hitting the breaking stuff I mean Darren you and I did games together for two years and we saw a talented prospect come through, be it he hit from the other side of the plate, but named Cole Roeder. And, you know, Cole was 19 at the time, 20 at the time. And um, it, early on in that season, I think he ended up only hitting 224, right, in that championship mm-hmm. year. But you remember the second half he had, and I remember we talked about a couple times on the air, man, he's looking locked in. And that was July, August, September. So he made the adjustments. I know Paul McAnulty helped him out a lot. You know, having Buddy as his manager – really helped too. So, um, yeah, I know Kevin is getting the best coaching possible with Dan Puente, the Cubs hitting coach, who is, you know, literally a disciple of Justin Stone, the Cubs director of hitting Puente and Stone work together all throughout their upbringing. So, uh, you know, Dan Puente works very closely with the brass of the Cubs hitting department. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just a matter of getting comfortable with the breaking stuff and, 
you know, once he's able to lock into that, you know, what we saw from Marauder towards the back end of that 2019 season, Cole really started to go off. So, um, you know, just some adjustments and some patience. I'm sure you'll see the same from Alcantara. But also, he only has six walks. So, uh, yeah. probably getting a little more patient at the plate, too. Um, you know, that'll help him in the long run. One more really quick just on this subject, and I'm not comparing talents, but the way the season unfolded, am I right to say that even Pete Crow Armstrong got off to a slow start in South Bend last year but then really picked it up in the second half? He did, and kind of the same thing. Pete got more patient as we went. I think it's very easy for hitters, Darren, when they come here, especially now that South Bend is a high A team. It could probably be very easy for high-end prospects, especially, to kind of just want to blow the doors off and <laughs> yeah. you know get the Double A as quick as possible, which I get, I totally get. But you know their ticket to Double A is going to be being patient at the plate and waiting on their pitch. So yeah, I mean Pete really started to go off around the Fourth of July. So hopefully the same could be said for Alcantara later this summer. All right, South Bend taking on Dayton at Four Winds Field tonight at 7.05. I'm betting a big crowd will be on hand. We've got the game for you here on WSBT Radio. Max Toma will have the play-by-play, and we'll get the pregame started in about, oh, 25 minutes or so here on WSBT Radio. BK, thanks for doing this, and enjoy the greatest spectacle in racing. I've been to it once. I sat in between the first and second corner. I'll never forget when the race started, and here come – the, you know, 11 rows of three, and I'm thinking, how in the world are they going to turn their cars and not just crash into the wall in front of me? I mean, it, it's it's a sight to behold, and I still remember just gasping the first time I saw that in person. It is like nothing else. I mean, me too, my man. I mean, obviously, I'm not from India originally, so my first race was, as a fan, was in 2016, so I was perplexed by the same thing, and uh, it's, it's cool being around the track on carb day or whatever and, and getting to talk with folks about their first experiences because you meet people that say, hey, you know, I've been coming here since I was eight years old and now I'm 78. You know, um, th- those are the types of stories you hear, and it's a very unique experience, and that's for sure. Someday I will have to tell you about the secret in which the WSBT radio van drove down Gasoline Alley at the conclusion of carb day. I'm not <laughs> sure how it happened. It happened, and I'll give you the full details sometime, all right? Deal? I'll look forward to that story, my man. Thanks, GP. We've never been back, so maybe somebody knows something. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, have fun this weekend at the 500. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, GP. See ya. All right, that's Brendan King working for WIBC this weekend, helping with the coverage of the Indianapolis 500 and, of course, South Bend Cub baseball broadcaster as well. 621 at WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 